0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, May 11th. Wherever you are, I hope you uh, are just embraced by the grace, the goodness, the love of God, and you feel that presence. You know that presence in, in your head and in your heart uh, of God's goodness and closeness to you. We are moving through sequentially. John 16, we will pick up exactly where we left off yesterday. So, John, uh, today, we will pick up John 16, chapters 5 to 11. A brief, uh, beautiful, and confusing reading that we get to share together. So, let's break open God's Word together, okay? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Now I am going to the one who sent me. And not one of you asks me, where are you going? But because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin and righteousness and condemnation. Sin, because they do not believe in me. Righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. Condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, first, let's start with this. Now, I I get a bit of a chuckle Jesus is, is again. We're we're moving through, and have been moving through since chapter thirteen, Jesus's uh, Last Supper discourse, right? And he's going to do this for another chapter. He's going to go through seventeen. So we're in sixteen now. Uh, And so he's been talking to him for a while, said many things. So what he says here right out the chute, now I am going to the one who sent me, and not one of you asks me, where are you going? Now, I'm kind of thinking Jesus might have a little bit of a memory lapse here, because if we go back to chapter 14, that wonderful reading, I talked about how I love it at funerals. Um, where uh, Jesus starts, who says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me and my father's house. There are many dwelling places. Well, he gets done with that wonderful image. And Thomas, God love him, said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? That kind of sounds to me like he's asking, where are you going? But Maybe it's metaphorical that we're looking here where Jesus says, now, what have you asked me where you are going? So we'll just presume that perhaps Thomas wasn't specific enough. Maybe he should have been a bit more specific. Darn Thomas. The other thing I want to say, which is the part, remember I said this was a gorgeous and confusing reading. And I say this uh, in in all honesty, when I look at the end of this reading, I'm not sure I understand what Jesus is saying. Um, and, and if you do, I, I welcome that, uh, that thought. But when Jesus says, uh, and when the Spirit comes, the Spirit will convict the world in regard to sin and righteousness and condemnation. Sin because they do not believe in me. Righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. Condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. Um, yeah, you know. I, again, I think that the more we are filled with this advocate, with this spirit of which Jesus speaks and which He sends to us and has sent to us, uh, the more I think we see with the eyes of of God, and and things do uh, kind of fall into into place. Uh, I don't know that I would use the words, certainly not righteousness or condemnation, although I, I do like the condemnation part just in terms of Jesus has the victory that's done. Uh, I mean, it's, it's over. And so in that sense, the rule of this world has been condemned in the sense that we know the, the final ending, we know the outcome, and we know the resting place. Um, and maybe it just helps us know what is right and wrong. And maybe that's what he's saying with sin and righteousness. Uh, that that it helps us um, because there's only one and i and I guess I go back to the to Adam and Eve and uh, the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil that that they wanted to be like God's. they wanted to be judges of what is good and evil, and so they took the 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 fruit and and perhaps what this reading is saying to us, what this uh, um, image that Jesus is using here is You don't have the shoulders. You don't have the ability to judge right from wrong. But with the Spirit, when God is within you, you can help understand right from wrong because it is God helping to do that. So I guess in that sense, maybe that comes to to light a little bit for me in, in taking that back that the Spirit's work. What we tried to take on ourselves as human beings that we wanted to judge, I know what is good and bad, but I don't. I don't. But God does. Um, and and as long as it is God within me, speaking through me, uh, and trusting that place of discernment, um, then maybe uh maybe that's what Jesus is saying is then I'm gonna be within you, and that's why I gotta send this advocate. Uh, because then I'm not just here, but I'm in all of you, and you can see with my eyes in a better way. So huh. I just kind of talked through that a little bit. But that image, I like that image. Here's what I want to talk with, though. The only uh, thing I had planned to talk about when I got in here. So I want to sit with this for a few minutes. And that's this point where Jesus says, listen, now I am going to the one who sent me. And not one of you asked me where you were going. But because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. And the question I ask, my friends, is, what do you do with your grief? I think it's an honest question, and I think it's a real question. Uh, some of you who are younger may not really, may not have wrestled with this, uh, with this issue yet, and that's okay. Uh, in in a sense, it's it's better than okay, that's... That's right where you should be. And, and maybe you praise and thank God for that. But some of you who are closer to my age and older, I think we have wrestled with this and continue to. And how do we deal with our grief? Now, I'm not just asking the question, how do we deal with our grief when a loved one passes away, when a parent passes away, when a spouse passes? When a child, when a when a close friend passes away, although that's there too. That's certainly the grief to which Jesus is pointing because he knows what's going to happen to him. They're filled with grief because they know they're going to lose a friend. I think those are episodic in our life and some of us have had to deal with those and some haven't yet in our life. And so that's a realistic question is, how do we deal with that? But I think... The larger question that I ask as we get older is this. How do we deal with our own limited abilities? How do you deal with the grief that you're as far as you're going to go most likely in your um, career? How do you deal with the grief that... The dreams that you began with in your teens and 20s and early 30s, they may not have been realized. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the grief that your best days, your healthiest, your most energetic, your most beautiful are behind you? How do you deal with the grief, knowing that, as I mentioned earlier, you are limited? And that every day I start out intending good intentions and and want to live to my utmost, but every day I fall, and I fail, and I say things that I wish I hadn't said, and I do things I wish I hadn't done. How do you deal with the grief of your limited abilities? How do you deal with your grief that your life may or may not be what you envisioned it to be? How do you deal with that? I think everything I've talked about is real. And every one of us at some level have to deal with that grief. How do we deal with a marriage when a decision I made and I gave everything to when it falters, and I question myself, and I wonder, what did i do how do i How do I deal with the grief of doubt, doubting myself, doubting my God, doubting my position in this world, doubting my abilities, because you know what I've given my life to this church, and yet. Here is what I see happening within it. And I wanted to, to, to wake it up. But yet, that's not what is happening. How do we deal with those things? I don't know that I can answer that question well. I don't even know that I can answer that question well for me. Certainly not for you. But I think, brothers and sisters, if our faith, doesn't help us to deal with that. I'm not sure what it's doing because I think at some level our faith must walk with us in the midst of our grief and help transform that. I I, I know this to be true and it's not me who, who said this. I wish I had been smart enough to say it. That when grief hits us we will either transform it or we will transmit it. We will take that anger and that hurt and that grief and transmit it onto other people and become angry, hurt people. Or we will transform it into something that can be life-giving. I know that the one who is risen, who has been into grief, into the darkness, into death, into the tomb itself, and come out new, has the ability to transform us, to take us through this grief into somewhere new. I know there is beauty and lesson and life in the midst of it. But are we able, my friends, to name it? When we're feeling melancholy or despondent or depressed or grieving, are we able to name it and give it to our God and allow that advocate? Because I think this is where that hope comes, that you know what? If I don't go to the Father, I can't send this advocate. Do we allow that advocate to help make us new, or at least accompany us on that journey through it? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou, you, are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. That we do not journey alone. Sometimes it takes a while to work through that grief, to work through those dreams, to set aside whatever it was that we had that we wanted to to get through and to uh, when we come to that end and realize that there's no further to walk here. You know, I think of Jack Nicholson in that wonderful movie um, where he comes into the, uh, the waiting room, people going in to see a psychologist, psychiatrist, And they're all there and in their despondent state. And and he looks around at them and says, what if this is as good as it gets from the movie of the same title? How do we deal with that grief? And how do we invite our God in there to help make it new, to help in whatever small way today to transform it? You know, when Thomas did ask the question, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus is the one who said, the way isn't a location. It's a person. I am the way and the truth and the life. How do we make room for the one who is the way in the midst of our grief to invite us to transform just a bit today? To name those places of those hurts, of those grievings, of those Dead ends that we have hit and know that we are loved in the midst of them because if our God can love us there maybe we can love us there and realize we are worthwhile even if we didn't hit these places that we wanted to be even if life had a way of dealing us grief uh, and, and sidetracking us from where we felt we were going or wanted to go how do we deal with our grief How do we invite this advocate to help us transform that rather than transmitting it unto those around us? Let's take that to prayer. And so, my friends, we continue through these joyful mysteries. Let's lift up whatever is going on within us and bring it to our loving God as we begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second joyful mystery, the uh, visitation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, blessings to you on this day. Make it a good one. I uh, hope you know my love is with you, and certainly the Advocate walks with us wherever we go. And, uh, Let's meet together again tomorrow and break open God's word once again. God's peace.